0: Tabernacle Presbyterian Church presents Sunday with Tab. Tabernacle Presbyterian Church, located at 34th and Central in Indianapolis, welcomes you to Sunday with Tab. Today, Pastor Terry Thorne delivers the message entitled, Turn Then and Live Abundantly. So join us now from the sanctuary of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church for Sunday with Tab. Tab.
1: Our second scripture lesson today is from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and then 25 through 32. So Ezekiel writes, The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well as the life of the child is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is unfair? Hear now, O house of Israel, is my way unfair Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turn away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turn away from the wickedness they have committed and do what is lawful and right, they shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away from all transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live. They shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says the way of the Lord is unfair? O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, all of you, according to your ways, says the Lord. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you've committed against me and get yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. Also the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Oh God, we do give you thanks for this opportunity to be in worship today, to hear your word read and sung and proclaimed. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be present here and working in this place and in each of us to silence any voices that are not yours and to open our eyes and our hearts and our minds to receiving the good news that you have for us today. May all that is said and done and thought in this worship service be to your glory. In Christ's name I pray, amen. So a wise someone once gave me very good parenting advice. They said, be careful about taking credit for your child's accomplishments unless you're also ready to take blame for their mistakes. Now, it's not quite the same proverb as the one Ezekiel brings to bear in today's reading, but it speaks to the same human dynamic. One one scholar referred to it as generational baggage. It's the impact that one generation has on the next. In other words, how we choose to live now will impact how generations are forced to live in the future. Our uses, use of resources now will determine what's available for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And the risks we take and the decisions we make now will shape the lives of future generations for good or for ill. Now, in the case of the Israelites, the action of their forefathers... Their disobedience toward God had resulted in exile not just for the ancestors but also for the folks to whom Ezekiel prophesied eventually this reality resulted in a sense of hopelessness and majorly grumbling against God you see these people not only blamed God for their situation they viewed this idea of passing it down relationship between generations as unfair in their minds it was an injustice to let the innocent folks suffer because of the actions of previous generations and i suspect that some of us might agree with them if we weren't there when it happened why should we be accountable now Still, many folks would also say that they have suffered because of generational baggage. Even now, I'm thinking of a young woman I met through the Open Door Ministry Cafe, and she was raised by parents who had addiction issues that eventually led to multiple incarcerations for the parents. As such, this young woman was in and out of foster care for most of her childhood. And today she still floats, no anchor, no roots, risky behavior, and some of her own substance abuse issues as well. It doesn't seem fair. She had almost no chance with those parents to have a normal life. And she has every right to blame her parents. The sins of those parents were visited on that child. That is not in question. However, if this young woman stays stuck in her current place of blaming and excuse-making, and as long as this sweet child believes that she deserves nothing better, she will never have true life. She will be alive And breathing maybe even clean and sober but until she knows love she'll be walking in the way of death life will only come when she's experienced God's love firsthand which I believe happens every single time she is at open door and is also the reason why I think she keeps coming back to open door But she also has to get to the point where she will acknowledge, yes, this past has shaped me as a person, but it does not get to shape my future. And that's basically the message that God sent via Ezekiel. This is why that sour grapes um, proverbs being erased for them, taking out of their vocabulary Not because the generational connections don't matter, because they do. And not because the past doesn't impact the future, because it does. The proverb was being taken away because it had become a stumbling block to choosing life. It allowed the exiles to stay stuck in their own deadness, if you will. It also caused them to forget who they were, the beloved children of God. More importantly, they no longer remembered who their God was. They forgot that they, all of them, all generations belong to God. A God who makes it very clear that he does not want anyone to die and not just a biological death God doesn't delight in a death in a life that's lived in a death like manner God does not want any of his children to just exist to be lifeless or anxious or to live in fear and anger or in a manner that's destructive to themselves or others God doesn't want that across all generations it is not God's desire That we resort to excuse making that keeps us stuck or robs us of our peace turn then he says and live live with hope with joy with love with peace live as a beloved child of God friends God always wants all of his own To choose life to turn away from that which sucks the life out of us and toward the love the one and only love that gives us life and that is the steadfast unconditional love revealed in Jesus Christ do you hear the good news of God's word for us today this means there is never a moment, ever, when God is not available to us, when God is not always ready and ready to welcome us, always loving us, always pouring out compassion and offering forgiveness, always just and merciful, always offering us a new heart, a new spirit, A new life and he says all we need to do is turn then and live but so often so very often we don't we really don't sometimes intentionally sometimes not sometimes our yes I will go to the vineyard becomes like the second son in the parable, a no-show. We don't choose to live in the fullness and the abundance of Christ. For some reason, we don't embrace the joy and the hope and the peace that life with him offers us. Now, that's not to say that we don't want to or that we wish we would. We do. We wish we would, but we don't. Instead, we let a whole host of things get in the way. And perhaps it's an attachment to the way things are. Man, we love the comfort of familiarity, even if it's not necessarily life-giving. Sometimes we aren't open to changing our lives, even if we feel overwhelmed and miserable in them. We often let the world speak so much louder than that still quiet voice we do let the past define our future rather than learning from it and embrace a new life sometimes we can be like these priests and elders stymied by the condition and rules and priorities that we mistakenly or stubbornly believe will earn us righteousness We're overly busy. We're seeking opportunities for earthly success. We're driven by fears and inadequacy or sometimes we just worry about, as they did, what other people are going to think. Maybe we're just too afraid of the life God offers us in Christ, that it's either too difficult to live or it's too good to be true. both I mean it is difficult to fathom that there is joy to be experienced and peace to be found even in the midst of suffering and challenging circumstances and it is not easy to walk the sacrificial relational communal way of Christ often we're very well intentioned in our desire to embrace that holy walk but we will allow a whole bunch of little things to distract us and oh my that's a big one for me in fact i have a printed prayer taped to my computer screen that one of the church members in this room wrote to me it prayed it was a prayer Praying that I would be protected from the tyranny of the urgent that gets in the way of me experiencing God's power and grace for me. That's a big one for a lot of us. But, beloved of God, here's the thing about our willingness to embrace the life God offers us it is free and it is unconditional but we have to choose it day after day hour after hour minute by minute to turn and live is not a one and done it's an ongoing process we turn again and again and again. And the unfathomable good news is that God is always ready and willing to love us. He invites and welcomes all who will trust him enough to take that first step of choosing the life-giving way of Christ over those things that lead to deadness in our spirit. It also means that we have to acknowledge an inconvenient truth about ourselves. And that is we are both simultaneously saint and sinner. And we also must embrace the incredulous truth about God. That God loves, invites, and welcomes both saints and sinners always doesn't matter who we are or who we are not regardless of what we have done or left undone god in loves and bites and welcomes saints and sinners in other words folks god invites loves and welcomes us always and again now i struggled to wrap my head around this kind of love but the image when I do that comes to mind is Sunday dinners that were held at my grandparents week after week during my childhood. Now, these amazing meals were lovingly prepared by my mamaw. And there was never a guest list or a formal invitation. We didn't have chat, we didn't have phone, cell phones, we don't have landlines. There was no communication, formal communication about dinner. And you never truly knew who was going to show up on any given week now everyone in our family all the generations and all the different sides were invited as were the neighbors and um, the the local pastor and his family if he had some widows widowers unmarried folks from their church who they knew would eat alone that day And it didn't actually matter whether you went to worship on Sunday or you went to their church or not. You were equally welcome. You were equally welcome if you came to summer dinner every single week or you came for the very first time. Now, the immediate family, which was actually three generations, we were to be there even if we were on the outs with each other. According to Mamal, that nonsense was to be set aside on Sunday. Now, there's no guarantee that there would ever be enough chairs for everyone that showed up. In fact, I don't think there ever was. But there was always enough food, including one dish that Mammal knew was your favorite. And the thing about these meals that sticks out in my mind is that there was never really forced participation, everybody wanted to be there, but there was also a sense that Mama would be very sad and disappointed if you were missing, everyone was important to her and to that gathering, it reminds me a lot of our open door ministry cafe right now, now, it was regrettable that in my teen years, I went through this, oh, family stuff is not for me stage, and so I had this wild idea that I would just, it would be better for me to just hang out with my friends, because that would be more fun, and so I started to skip these Sunday dinners, but I also noticed this feeling that it took me a while to name it, but I realized it was melancholy about missing out, and it wasn't the meal per se that I was missing, but this unconditional acceptance and love that mamaw offered everyone who came to Sunday dinner and i missed the fellowship and the laughter i missed the feeling of knowing that my favorite food was prepared just for me and I also missed being mamaw's favorite but now everybody at the meal thought they were mamaw's favorite but i was the first grandchild so i'm pretty convinced that i was the favorite one Seriously, though, it didn't take very long for that independent streak to end. And my, no, I'm not going to the proverbial vineyard soon turned to, yes, I will absolutely be there. And you know what? When I showed back up after those weeks of missing, it was as if I had never missed a single Sunday dinner. I was welcomed, and my favorite chicken and noodles was on the table very few places in my life have afforded me the glimpse of god's kingdom that Mamma's sunday dinners reflected very few people have welcomed and loved me as unconditionally and in a christ-like way as she did i think that's a special blessing that god gives mamaw's and very few second chances have been as mercifully offered without and expectation. And you know what? This is an amazing memory for me, but it's just a tiny glimpse of the abundance of love and acceptance and grace that God wants to just lavish on us if we ourselves are open to receiving it. And quite frankly, it's only going to happen if there are others like Mamaw who are willing to offer it on Christ's behalf. As well as places like the sunday dinner where folks can come and experience it for themselves so on this world communion sunday we're thinking about our connection across the world envision with me for just a moment how profoundly different the world would be if christians churches christians all around the globe found a way to be both the provider of bread for the hungry and the place where all experience God's unbounded welcome God's unending mercy and God's unconditional love imagine all the barriers and excuses that would be erased even more so can you imagine what glory it will be for all those who choose to turn then and live? Imagine when we fear not, when our yes is yes, and our no immediately becomes yes as well. When we can boldly proclaim i am confident because i believe i am a child of god and i am humble because i believe that everyone else is too imagine the relief and comfort of knowing that kind of love the love that god has for us and asks us to share with each other So instead of comparison and competition that always emerges when we are living in fear, think instead about the kindness and the generosity and this sense of there being enough, having enough, then knowing that there will always be enough to share. That sense emerges when we know that we're forgiven and we're freed and we're loved immeasurably. Can you even fathom how much better we would understand each other? And the respect that folks will have with, have for one another, even with those with whom we differ. How powerful the incentive to live in unity would be and how great a value we would place on relationship If we saw the world as God's Sunday dinner. Beloved, it is said by somebody that the will of God is that we desire to do the will of God. That we have a new heart, a new spirit that wants to do God's will not because of fear or even a command of obedience but because we are the beloved children of god who love the one who loves us we trust in that unconditional love because we seek to be more like christ who reveals perfect love to and for the world so yes on this world communion sunday the bread of life and the cup of salvation are proof that this is god's desire for you for me for us and for all the peoples of the world life life abundant life redeemed a life in which yes there will still be suffering but we will not suffer alone where sadness and joy can coexist. A life impacted by our past, but not bound to it. A life with many worldly uncertainties, but never a doubt about God's compassion and mercy and love for us. A life that at times may seem exhausting, challenging, and confusing. Yet it's also a life empowered by the same God who has the power to heal all brokenness and resurrect from the dead. It's a life that may demand sacrificial choices on our part, a life in which we will make mistakes. Sometimes we will fail profoundly. We will avoid commitments and we will make excuses But it's also a life that is promised in which grace, mercy, and peace are available. A life in which we are continually welcomed back to the dinner table of abundant forgiveness and unconditional love. A life that is always, always available if we will but turn then and live to the glory of God. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks that you continue to offer life to us. And we pray that your spirit would give us courage to choose it. And God, we give you thanks that there is always room at your table, and that your spirit would give us courage to come to it.
0: You're listening to Sunday with Tab, a production of Tabernacle Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. We hope you have found inspiration and comfort in today's program. There are many ways to enjoy today's message again. Subscribe to the TAB podcast on your favorite podcast app or go to tabprez.org, tap on the graphic marked sermons and select the sermon you wish to hear. While there, you can also view the entire worship service. We invite you to join us for worship this morning at Tabernacle Presbyterian Church. We're located at the corner of 34th Street and Central Avenue in Indianapolis. At 8 a.m., we have a communion service in the chapel. And at 10 o'clock, a beautiful worship service in the sanctuary. The 10 o'clock service is also live-streamed on our YouTube channel, Tab Indy. For all information on the services and streaming, go to tabpres.org. That's T-A-B-P-R-E-S dot Thanks for listening, and join us next week at the same time for Sunday with Tab.